Well, good morning. If you would, you can take your copy of God's Word and open it to Ephesians chapter 1. And we will read our text here in just a moment, verse number 3. But before we read, let's pray and go before the throne of grace this morning. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, my Father, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I cry out to you. And Lord, I pray that today that your people, Lord, those who you have graciously saved, those who you have graciously made alive, those whom you have bought with the blood of Jesus, I pray that you would encourage them today. That you would strengthen them, Lord, in your word. For you have told us, Father, that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And so, Father, I pray today that, God, we would feast on your word. Not the words of men. Not the words of some other spirit, but the words that have proceeded from you, the most high God, the only God. Lord, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Do you ever find yourself complaining about your life, your situation, and looking over at someone else's life, thinking, you know, somehow the grass is greener over there, and feeling like, well, I, I, I feel like I'm not blessed like this person over here and you just begin to look at their life and what they have and you kind of want what they've got thinking you don't have what they've got. That's called coveting, by the way. That's sin. Um, But do you ever find yourself entertaining thoughts like that? Oh, don't look so sanctified right now. Because every single believer in here can find themselves in that predicament. We can find ourselves in that predicament as sinful as it is. And it is a dangerous place to be. And the problem is, is that we find ourselves making too much of temporary circumstances and temporary things and not making much of Him, our great God, and and His presence and enjoying His presence. And we've lost focus of really how blessed we are. No one in this room this morning is immune to that. 
Can I take off my mask this morning? I deal with that daily in certain areas. And I have to have a sobering moment, remind myself of the truth of the Scriptures and what I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, part of our problem is that we allow this world to become too much with us. And this world then begins to eclipse that which is of true value and eternal. That which is really true and really real becomes faded because the world becomes too much with us. Um, we become like the teenager that posted the following on ChristianTeensForum.com. She posted a question, or sort of a statement of question. She said, I don't feel blessed. What's wrong with me? And then she posts her explanation of why she feels this way, or she answers her own question, I guess. She says... I'm starting to feel unhappy and depressed because lately I haven't been feeling blessed and nothing's happened to me. I realized this when I started thinking back over a year or two of my past. What confuses me was the fact that my classmates, also Christian, were more blessed than I, I was. They had a lot of friends, high academic performance, given, they were given opportunities, compassion, etc., etc. The fact that they were blessed with these things made me, in comparison, feel unworthy. It confused me because we shared the same faith and almost always things just seemed to go well for them and not for me. And I fear this will repeat again in this school year coming up. Well, you know what? That may sound like a silly teenager, but whether you're 14 or 40, 15 or 50, that same diabolical way of thinking can creep into your life. You've got to keep it out, okay? You've got to be careful with it. Today, I want to encourage each of us in here to take our eyes off of the temporary and off of the external and put our eyes on eternal realities that will help us to stay firm no matter what's going on in somebody else's life around us, okay? That's important, guys. That's important. And in order to do this, we're going to return to our verse-by-verse -verse study in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 this morning. Um, I, last week, we settled in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1, and I introduced to you the book of Ephesians by asking a, this probing question of verses 1 and 2. It, why, why Ephesians? Why go through the book of Ephesians. Why journey through the book of Ephesians line by line and precept by precept? And I gave you some reasons right out of the text, right out of verses 1 and 2. And the final reason that I gave you was because the text said that there would be grace and peace multiplied to you. And we would find grace and strength and to stand in Christ as we sit in Christ and are confronted with who we are. As children of God. And so today, I want you, this is the grace to you today from verse number three that we're going to read here in just a minute. I want you here in Valdez to realize how, no matter how you feel, you are blessed bountifully and beyond measure. 
And so I drop as a title over verse number 3, that very phrase. And this morning will be part 1 of it. Because we, we can't be here all day today. But, uh, so let's think about this. So if, if you would like to stand for the reading of God's Word, please do. And I want to read to you verse 3 of Ephesians chapter number 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You may be seated. We're just settling in verse 3 today. Now there are, believe it or not, six things we need to chew on and savor in this single verse. But again, I don't want to overload you this morning. We'll see three this morning, and Lord willing, we'll look at three next Sunday morning. And I think this is a very timely passage since a lot of people think about reasons to be thankful and thanksgiving here this time of the year and in this season. And I tell you what, what we're looking at today in verse 3 and what we'll look at next week are grounds for great thanksgiving. Really, everything we read in Ephesians chapter 1 is the grounds for great thanksgiving. But as we look today, verse number 3, there are three, three observations that I would make. Three things that spring out of this text that I want to extract out of this text and I want to put on your plate today so that you can chew on it. Okay? Now, the first thing that I would say about verse number three and draw your attention to is I want you to notice the origin of all blessings. I want you to notice the origin of all blessing. And the origin is very obvious. The beginning of all blessing is to be found in God. It is to be found in God. There is no blessing outside of God. If blessing is to be known, it is only known in God. And so Paul begins this introductory paragraph in the book of Ephesians praising God because He has blessed us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed. Blessed be God. Blessed, 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 blessed. Eugelatos it is in the Greek. He uses that here, meaning praise God because He has blessed. That word, that Greek term, it, it gives us the root of another word that kind of gives us some insight into what is all being conveyed right here. It's also the same root for the word eulogy. Now, you know, when you think of a eulogy, you think of what somebody stands at a funeral and they say about someone else, and it, it means really to speak well of, to speak good things of someone. Well, right here, the implication is here that, that he's saying God is good. Paul, in essence, said God is good. He's good. He has blessed us. He is good. God is good. He has blessed us with good blessings. He has blessed us well when we don't even, don't even deserve He's Bless those who don't deserve the blessing. God is good. He is good. All the blessings that we have been given 
that we have are from God who is good and we are blessed because God is good. It is not because we are good. Do you hear me? It is not because we are good. Oh, I could get into how God chose to bless you before you ever come out of your mother's womb, before anybody in this room had even made a decision to do good or bad. God had decided, I will bless you. Oh, God is big and sovereign and oh, He's mighty and full of grace and truth. It makes me think of James 1 and verse 17 when I think about what Paul is saying here when he says, Blessed is God who has blessed us. And the implication of that word brings in the goodness of God. It makes me think of James 1 and verse 17 where we read, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He is. Who's the origin? He is. God is. God is the origin and the author of all blessing. And when we belong to Him, even when it looks like our worlds are falling apart, even when we and our flesh think our life is doomed, even when we look at our failing marriage and our failing parenting, or so we think, and we, we look at our failing health, and we begin to think within ourselves, what's wrong with me, and why is this happening to me? God must surely be a to me with all the stuff that I'm going through right now. We need to realize that the Word of God teaches us that when we belong to Him, even when our life looks bad, the bad stuff will work for our good, for His ultimate glory. It's a matter of fact, He even begins to indicate that in chapter 1 of Ephesians. If you progressed on down, and we'll get there eventually and spend quite a time, bit of time there, but if you look on down around verse 11 and 12, what does he say? He discloses this great mystery about God. And he says, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance with the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And Paul says the same thing in a little bit different language when he writes his letter to the Romans in Romans chapter 8 when he says and we know that for those that who love God that all things work together for good for those who have been called according to his purpose his sovereign purpose wow wow that's that's good that's good he is the origin of all blessing. You may say, Pastor, I hear you. God is the origin of all blessing, but I still do not feel like He is blessing me. And it makes me think, hmm, let's read on. Let's extract another truth out of this verse. Let's look at the objects of His blessing. God is a blessing God. He's a good God. He's blessing. Look at the objects of His blessing. Even though I've indicated it, let's make it obvious from the text. Whom does God bless? The text says that He has blessed us. Us. Well, who? Who? Us. Well, who is the us in verse 3? Because it's not everybody. Uh-oh. Who is the us? Us is the 
us to whom Paul is writing. And who did we learn last week from verses 1 and 2 that Paul is writing to? Well, in verse number 1, we saw that he is writing to the saints who are faithful in Christ Jesus. And what did we learn last week? That's not some special class. That's not some special group. We learned that it means that he is writing to all Christians. All Christians everywhere. Rich, poor, black, white. Got it all together. Still not having it all together. He's writing to all of them because they are saints by the blood of the Lamb. Now that's who he's writing to. So the question is, are you a real Christian? If so, if you're Christian, if so, God is, listen to me carefully, God is not going to bless you. God has already blessed you. (laughs) He's already blessed you. That word is in past And as we'll discover, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing we will ever need. Wow. God has already blessed the Christian because the Christian is a Christian, not because of any work on His part. And... And so the spiritual blessing does not come because of anything we have done on our part, but because of all Christ has done and Christ has accomplished for us on His part, for His glory and our great good. That's important. The depth of the eternal blessing with which He has blessed us should leave us absolutely speechless. Should leave us speechless. You see, in Jesus Christ, He has blessed us in ways that are incomprehensible. Just from the first paragraph of Ephesians, we see some incomprehensible spiritual blessings for sinners. He chose us. He loved us. He predestined us. He adopted us. He redeemed us. He forgave us. He lavished grace upon grace upon us. He gave us an inheritance. He sealed us with His own Spirit. Wow. We could talk and talk. I'm not making those up. Those are phrases right out of chapter 1. Because He immediately begins to 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 share some deep eternal spiritual blessings with which we have been blessed with. They're Paul's words, not mine. They're Bible words, not mine. He tells us. He tells us the things. And this leads me to the next reality, to the third observation I would make this morning. I simply want you to see what the origin of all blessings I wanted you to see the objects of all blessing. That's all of us who are Christian. And now I want you to see the omnibus of blessing. Now you say omnibus. Where where is he coming up with that word? He's just trying to keep his alliteration going. (laughs) Well, yes, but that's an important word because that's what we have here. Omnibus by definition means providing for many things at once. 
According to verse 3, we have been provided with many blessings at once. We have an omnibus of blessings. We have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's what the text says. In Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly blessings. It doesn't say, oh God, He blessed us a little here. Oh, He blessed us a little there. It's not one little blessing, two little blessing, three little blessing, four. It's, but what does the text say? It's, it's, it's more blessings than we can imagine. The text says He has given us every spiritual blessing. Every. That's, that is wow. Oh, that. But yet, we don't act like it. My goodness. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He has given us an omnibus of blessings. Saint, please, when Satan comes and whispers to your flesh that you're a cursed thing, your flesh then foolishly listens and it will, you will tell yourself, well, you're a cursed thing. And you'll begin to believe the lie that Satan has spoken to your mind. And so you look at the things of the world and you compare your lack of good stuff to those who have much and your mind agrees with your flesh and Satan's lie. And that Satan's lie then binds you and it weighs you down and you look like a bunch of sour, depressed saints. And you know what? Some of our lives, if people looked at us and they looked at us and they saw what we're exuding, they would think, if that's Christianity, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. But I say, if you're like that, may the truth set you free. May the truth set you free. May the truth break the shackles of the lie, the binding lies of the devil that keeps some of you oppressed and weighed down. The truth of the Word. The truth is, Christian, you have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. It is all yours through the new covenant of grace written in the blood of the Lamb. You are blessed and you are highly favored by God. So praise His name. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Him. Preach it to yourself. When you get up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, don't let what stares you back depression. A long time ago, I quit. I used to have another little mirror where I looked in the back to see how that hair was coming out. I quit doing that. I know it's gone now. When you get up in the morning and you stare in that mirror, you listen, you don't feel like it. You don't feel like it. You feel like a, like a flop. You feel like, you know, it's going to be another bad day. You feel, you know, you know, you already feel it. You know the things that you deal with internally in you. Listen, stop and look at yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. Because let me tell you something, this news of being blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, that is the product of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has accomplished that by His own blood for those who believe and trust in Him.
Preach it to yourself. If you wait until Sunday morning before you hear any preaching and you have been preaching the Word to yourself, no wonder some of you look so despondent. Preach to yourself these wonderful truths. Preach them. You are blessed bountifully and beyond measure. Christian. Key phrase here, in Christ. You're blessed in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? It means to be genuinely saved. It means to be born again. It means to be among those whom He has forgiven. It means, it means some, a lot of eternal and weighty things that we're going to see here. And if it, matter, Ephesians 1 may scare some of you. Because there's some terms in here that most preachers will run from. But I'm not shying away from a single one of them. I believe them because they're Bible. You say, what's he talking about? Just read the book of Ephesians. I asked you to read it. I said, read through it. Six chapters. Read it. Read chapter one. You read a chapter a day and read it and reread it 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 and read it and reread it. And every time you read it and reread it, you'll see something different, something new. And when you read it and reread it and read it and reread it, when you come in here, that text is going to own you. And I'm telling you, preaching's going to come alive to the church. But you are blessed. Because of Him, not because of you. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Blessed be our God and Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed.